Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. You now listen to The Coaches Network, a podcast aiming to bring people at the heart of player development together. My name is Coach Yas, a UEFA A licensed and FS goalkeeping B licensed coach with over 10 years' experience working in youth football from grassroots right through to Premier League academies. I'm currently operating as an affiliate shooter for the FA alongside working towards a Masters in Performance Football Coaching. I'll be sitting down with coaches, coach educators and key figures in the game to have free-flowing conversations and discuss the challenges, lessons learned and effective trends in the coaching world today. As usual, I'll be joined by my co-hosts, Ahmed. Hey guys, hope everyone is well. Looking forward to today's discussion. Ben. Hi guys, um, looking forward to today's uh, discussions. Uh, hopefully there'll be a couple of gems to take from it. And Sherlin. Hi guys, uh, looking forward to another good debate today. Um, hope you're all well. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, guys. Today we're going to look at looking at planning and coaching styles. You know, obviously, we're going to just exploring some of the considerations coaches may make, some of the philosophies that people come up with, and why they maybe come up with these different philosophies. Um, obviously, in, in my role as as a tutor, um, I've come across many coaches. Obviously, in my time as a as a coach, I've come across many different coaches, but different ways of working. It'd just be interesting to get some thoughts and views around some of the considerations you guys take into place when you're making the sessions and where those have come from and what your philosophies are like. Personally, I feel like there's, there's different elements to this. I think some people have a, will have a playing philosophy and a coaching philosophy. I think a lot of coaches, in my opinion, struggle to actually differentiate the two at times. I think some of the challenges that we also face is actually they may be working in a club that wants to work in a certain way and they have a different way of working, especially early on in grassroots. Some of the clubs that they may work for might not even have philosophies. Obviously, for you guys now, with a bit more experience, a bit more time in the game, and obviously working at well-established environments yourselves. Would you care to share some of the considerations that you guys, I guess, some of the things you take, take into consideration when planning your session? Ultimately, we can start by what your philosophies may be yourselves. Yeah, I, I'll just speak me personally. It's, it's similar to what you, you said about working in different environments. When I look back on my uh, grassroots journey, it was very much easy easier for me to have full control on the club philosophy and the club playing style. And not not necessarily just me, me running it myself. It was a joint effort, of course, but you had more of an input because I suppose it's uh, you know a grassroots uh, area. So I was able to tweak this or tweak that and adjust this and adjust that. And I just, we had different type of playing style, different formations. And it was more of a kind of a practice run and build it along as, as, as you go along, if if that makes sense. Sure. I mean, just within that, then it would be just interesting to get your views on what you, how you differ between the two different things in terms of playing philosophy 
and a coach and philosophy, I guess, whether through your experiences, ultimately your philosophy differed from the clubs. Did you have any challenges within that, or was it a case of you had a bit more free reign? And you know, I think like many of our listeners will have some organisations where they have got a way they want to work, and you know, some others might not have a specific way, but they just want you know I, the, the coaches to to have an environment where the players enjoy themselves. Yeah, I I, I think the difference for me was because I, I work in a, a school environment as well. I, I My coaching style was a lot more mixed and more considerate of the players that I'd be working with, and particularly what age I'd be working with. So the coaching styles in general was more of the needs of the players and more of the uh, needs of the environment that I was in. So we're looking at areas where, you know, kids don't have as much of the latest gadgets or latest technologies as maybe different types of areas of, of, of kids will have, you know. So my culture style wasn't a case of they've got to do it my way. It was more of trying to get them to understand that their input was as important, if not more, than my own. So when it came to the culture styles, it, it was mainly led by how the players were and what the environment was. That, that was the important part for me when it comes to the culture style. Regarding the playing style, again, grassroots uh, journey, it was a lot more easier to, to work towards because the guys that I was working with, we were all on the same mindset. We grew mm. up together and a lot of us had our ideas and it was quite good getting everyone to mix into one and create our own way of, of playing. So when it came to that, it was a, it was a lot more easy for me. Right, and I'm just obviously curious in the environments you're, you're particularly talking about there, because another challenge some coaches, I guess, that may be um, affecting some of these things, obviously, where you have an environment where a coach works through the age groups with a particular squad. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it might be slightly different as opposed to, you know, if you're working, I guess, a more, what, do, what you tend to find in a more academy, academy style environment where a coach is probably not working through the age groups with a particular squad, but maybe they're working in a specific age group. Do you feel that? In that, in those environments, and there was a, I guess, a, a synchronization, I guess, a cohesion amongst the coaches, in line with that philosophy. Was you know, would you feel that as part of that? You know, because for me, one of the big things of club philosophy is actually, if we're going to have a club philosophy, we might need to have certain terminology, certain key messages that are consistent through the club. Um, and obviously, for me, if I was setting up an environment, I'd allow the coaches to have a bit of freedom on how that looks in their from their perspective. But ultimately, the messages to stay consistent. Yeah, uh, I'm glad you touched on that one because key messages was probably the most trickiest thing to to get across throughout the whole age groups that we we worked on because you'd have some coaches that, I'm just going to say some coaches, there was all of us that had probably a bit too much freedom. And at times, because it was more of a, it wasn't an everyday thing running the club and so on, it it took us a good couple of years actually get us into fully in the mould where whatever I'm saying, the next coach would be saying and the next coach would be saying or whatever the next coach would be saying, I'll be saying and so on, if that makes sense. Sure. So there, there is that journey there. So if there is coaches out there that are thinking, oh, well, I've just said this in a different way and, you know, he or she has come and said this in a, in a different way, it's, it's kind of confusing. What yeah. does help is having your either weekly or monthly meetings where you even starting to hold small little things like small little CPDs, just refreshing yourselves on what's going well for the club and so on. But those things come as the club is building up. 
So if anyone's having any difficulties out there or challenges where they think, oh, well, this is kind of getting on my nerves and getting fed up, they shouldn't get too disheartened because it's a journey that a lot of people have gone through, including myself. So getting to that level where you're all <coughs> singing the same song, it takes time. Getting that level where, you know, having a, a, a specific culture style within the club, it, it, it takes time. The same with the playing styles. So as much effort as you put into whether what type of style you want to play or your culture style, it's the same thing when it comes to running a club. So, you know, give it time and it, and it will come. Yeah, um, it's, it's interesting. I mean, just to kind of touch on that, obviously, obviously I'm with Ben, feel free to jump in at any point as well. Um, it's having a, you know, it reminds me of a conversation I was having with a learner on one of my courses recently. And, he, you know, he's, he said he's the uh, assist, assistant chairman of, of the club or whatever it was, vice chairman of the club. And he was asking me some, you know, I guess my thoughts on some approaches that he could take with some of the coaches in his club that, you know, he's got coaches in his club that maybe don't fit what they want from them. I think it just really sparks for me is obviously what you said there is how important is the recruitment of coaches at grassroots football and obviously the challenge of that presents as well. Yeah, massively. Because um, obviously, you know, if you've got a, if you've got a way that you want to work and you've got coaches that maybe aren't receptive to that or just simply haven't can't see the perspective that you're working with, um, how important is that? And you know, have you, have you have you personally faced any challenges like that in your environments that you've worked in where you felt actually this coach is just not going to get this message and if so, you know, what, what, I guess, what are some of the ways in which you've gone about, I guess, approaching that? Um, for me personally, I've probably been that coach that's gone into a new environment and then, um, you know, questioned some of the ways that of practice that they do. Uh, okay. Uh, I feel like that it's impossible at any point of your coaching journey that you're not going to go through such that you, you're going to step into an environment and you're going to, question what they do or it may just be completely different to the sort of ways that you've seen um, in terms of the playing and uh, coaching philosophy. Uh, the way that I was able to kind of get through is that like, uh, naturally as human beings, when you see something that you're not used to, you you try to reject it at first and then um, slowly as you become more and more immersed in the environment, you... Not, not, not that uh, I necessarily eventually came to agree into it but I saw the rationale and reasoning behind why um, you know that was implemented in the environment and that was able to give me a bit more of a license and a bit more of a, like impetus to like want to portray uh, that club philosophy and that playing philosophy onto the players in, in a better way because I think when I initially started, it may, maybe it wasn't explained to me uh, that well. But you, I feel like that's uh, another thing. So like we, we do talk about uh, obviously recruiting the right staff and all this. But sometimes you may actually do, you may actually have the right staff there, but you the, the message that you're portraying may not be clear. And like Shannon spoke about it, that like you know it, it took it took them a while before they were able to like get the message can you can see that once that message is clear there's more and more there's more and more people that can uh you know echo what you're saying than just the person at the top and once like there's like a coherent understanding amongst coaches it's a lot more easier to then integrate like a new coach into that uh, coaching team once there's a one main message to get through mm. I think it's interesting. I mean, it, it just while you're talking, it just sparks another 
reminds me of something that I have a conversation having with a few coaches uh, a few weeks back in terms of that message and that message being clear and the way it's portrayed. And I guess the question that kind of came from you on that, on that particular instance was, whose responsibility is it to make sure that message is conveyed co- uh, correctly? Yeah, I was um, just about to uh, add something similar to what you were just saying, Yes, For me, go on. If, uh, if you're in charge of like uh, how coaches are coaching, then that's your responsibility, in, in my opinion. It's not up to the coach. If you're a setup or you, you want an environment where you want coaches to do a certain thing, if you don't tell them if what you expect or how you want it, then don't expect it to get done. It's got to mm. come from the top and then it will filter down. Mm. I've worked in many a places where the leadership's been really good and the leadership's been really bad. So literally, a bad one, for example, just literally make sure your pitch is set up on time uh, and make sure your kids are looked after and, and that's it, really. And then on the other side, you would be like, okay, you need to be here at a certain time. You need to have this done by then. And then we're going to have a team briefing all together. And then this is what's expected of you and so on and so forth. So it's like all that kind of stuff for me is uh, down to uh, whoever's running the show. Because if you want something from your coaches, you need to be able to communicate to them. Otherwise, you might not ensure the outcomes that you want to get. That makes sense. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I mean, uh, again, off the back of that conversation I was having with with somebody's coach, you know, they've said, "Oh, it's, it's sometimes down to the, the, I guess, the person receiving the message to identify whether their their understanding is correct." Um, it, well, you can kind do of, that, like you just do a simple Q and A, like say, for example, if I'm about to brief my my group of coaches in the morning on a Saturday, and if there's something that's unclear, I'll make it very clear, like this is now the time to get any of them misconceptions out of the way. Whether it be for yeah. the Q&A or even if, like, you know, when you, you know, like, I don't know, like the, the best kind of head coach I've worked for or, or coach that manages other coaches, he would always be like, listen, if something is not clear, you need to let me know now. Like, literally, he didn't mince his words. He was very precise, clear. Yeah, I, I think, I think the, cha- the challenge you have with that is obviously some people are going to take that in a different way. Some people might not be confident to, enough to ask the question in those moments. Yeah, but, um, then, yeah, but then that's where your experience comes in as, as to whether you've employed the right person, etc. And so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting you say that. I mean, I'm again, it's, it's an ongoing debate I've had. One, one, of, one, of my, uh, one of my close mates, he's also a coach. Um, and, you know, we, we ended up having a discussion at one point about, actually, is it some players just don't get it? You could spend all the time in the world with certain individuals, but they just won't get it. Or... I mean, I, I chose to look at it from a different perspective. You see, I chose to look at it. His thing was, well, some people are just not going to get it. It's just innate within them, um, whether they've got the potential to achieve, I guess, a certain goal or not. I, I kind of looked at it from a different perspective. I said, actually, do you know what? It might, and it kind of ties into this a little bit in terms of the message and employing the right people or even having the right players in your squads. Is it that actually we haven't used the right key to open their door yet? Yeah, that's, yeah. What, I think it is. that's what I think it is. Um, yeah. And in, in some it's, cases, it's that light bulb you know, moment. Well, this is it. I mean, so for me, for some people, it's actually we're trying to open, uh, uh, you know, we, I'm trying to open my car with my house keys. Yeah. Can I give you a quick gonna, example? Just, Can I give you a quick go example? For it. So re, I, I'm a maths teacher currently, and I was trying to teach them proportion of like, say this costs one pound, and now you've got this amount, how much does it cost? As soon as I started using chicken and chips as the example, <laughs> they all got it. <laughs> but but they've got to make it relatable. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? So, 
Yeah. Is I mean, it's, it's interesting because I've you know coming back to this conversation, I was having one of my mates. He's got a twin brother, identical twin brother, um, and they're both decent at playing. But he's he's slightly he's probably better than his brother, and he was he was saying, oh, his brother just doesn't get it. I'm I'm saying actually, you could look at it from some other perspective. Right? It, they've all been they've been to the same environments from a young age. But actually, what happens if actually just by chance that the coaches or the environments they've been exposed to have just happened to use the right key that fits for him, if that makes sense? Yeah, um, yeah you've been exposed to the same environment. doesn't mean you're going to get the same response from it. doesn't mean you're going to get the same outcome from it. Okay, you might have a command-style coach, but in those moments where he's used command, it's about to be more effective for you than it was for your brother. We don't know that. Um Whereas I think a lot of coaches in those particular moments will say, actually, the player just doesn't get it. And they give, kind of give up on the player um, rather than looking at, actually, have I communicated in a way that actually that player genuinely does understand it? And if they don't understand it, who's at fault, them or me? You, you, you know, you know Yasser, it's going back to what Ahmed said about leadership. You know, it sounded to me what the leader that he was expressing was someone who had a kind of command style. You know, yeah. guys, don't, if you don't get it, you know, just say now. But it, and then it, flip it back to where you're coming from in the sense where if there's people that don't understand what's being said at that time, there may be another way of drawing it out of them. So it goes back mm. to your style of coaching. Do you coach in a way where your voice is just doing the, 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 the coaching or do you try to understand the individuals that you have within your squads? So whether this is grassroots or academy or yeah or professional uh, men's or women's it for me it doesn't matter it's about you tapping into as you said to that person that individual's key which key does it take to open their mind so you you for instance you can have a player that i want to be a striker i want to be a striker and something's happening during the season where you're seeing them and you're, you're trying them in different positions and then you realize hold on a second you're not performing so well at the moment in in the position that you want to play in, but you are actually showing great signs in, say, as a centre-back or a right-back or, you know, a centre-midfield, then it's also down to you, again, whether you're a head coach or a, a coach in general trying to get that player to see where you're coming from regarding their, their progress in a different position on the pitch. Do you know what I mean? Again, it's that light bulb moment, trying to get them to understand that this is not where you may want to be right now in this position, but you're doing great in this. Do you want to try and, you know, work on this one and, and, and take it from there? So, it, again, it's about can you get the right message over to whether it's your fellow coaches or your, your players? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting touching on that one there. I think, obviously, you're talking about from supporting players as individuals uh, in terms of, I guess, opening their minds to something different mm-hmm. and getting them to see the perspective. Um I guess it kind of it kind of is interlinked. I'm I'm just looking at it from more from a perspective. Of, as coaches, do we spend enough time? And this is just I guess an open question for everyone really, um, in actually understanding this way of working is not going to work. Or are we more concerned with the majority in those moments where we're saying actually I know that this command style, as an example, is gonna is going to be quite um, receptive uh, or quite well received rather. Um, in this moment therefore I'm just going to stick with that because I think a lot of coaches will look at uh, from my experience I see a lot of coaches who go with what they think is going to work with the majority but completely forget the minority mm-hmm. um, and so, don't maybe tailor their approach in regards to that sorry I mean go on yeah I, I just think they're uh, like like when you're just talking the thing that was just banging on in my head was just the environment the environment yeah, yeah. so 
So it depends what environment you're in. If you're just like, you know, you're just running like a Saturday club where you just want kids to come and start playing football or just to have fun, then you're not going to have any of them stresses or kind of uh, quality checks that you're going to do on yourself. You know what I mean? But when you're at um, uh, Sherlin and Ben's standard of working at academies, the environment is going to demand that, if that makes sense. So the environment for me is very important. It kind of dictates what you want to get from your coaches and your players. Yeah, like, um, I, I can kind of, uh, kind of relate to it a bit um, in the sense that in terms of, like, you know, the coaching staff kind of being driven from above. Uh, where, like, I would say that, you know, there, I would identify, like, groups of players within the um, the group as a whole that I'll say that I probably attend more to a bit more of a Q&A or, like, a, a demonstration-based sort of thing. And um, I've, I've been told from above that, like, you know, I just need to tell them sort of thing. So uh, one thing that uh, I felt was good and bad in is obviously... The bad thing is clear, clear that like if I'm just if you just have one style of coaching, there's going to be certain sections of the, those groups of players that benefit, and there'll definitely be certain sections of those groups of players that won't from it. And uh, uh, what I found is that within uh, such limitations, you start to generate the creativity that um, you, you know you should have as a coach, and you know you want your players to have as well. Um, so, like, within those limitations, you, like, there's certain ways of going about um, doing the command style that doesn't necessarily have to always sound authoritative yeah. all the time. And in, in a way that, like, you're you're making it very short and sharp uh, with what you're saying so that mm. the players can understand it, like, there and then, where as opposed to sounding a bit telling, telling off-wise as a, um, when they're making a mistake. And I just wanted to touch on it quickly, like, um, I don't know how you guys felt when uh, you were doing uh, these like coaching qualifications and whatnot, but for me, uh, and maybe it was my perspective of it. It just kind of felt like every time we're being told through it that like they're like you're always being asked like what's your coaching style, what's your coaching style, what's your coaching style, and uh, for me like in the, back in the day that messed me up because I used to think that I you know I had one coaching style. So then you start coaching predominantly in that way and you find that, you know, it's like, yeah, cool, it's doing well for some players, but it's not for others. And that's... Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I think on on that, it's interesting because obviously, even, I think even after the start of this conversation, you know, I asked a conversation, I asked a question around philosophies and the the terminology shifted as soon as Sherlin kind of stepped in, he he started talking about styles. Um, And I think it's, it's, it's it's important for coaches to understand that there's philosophy and then there is style. Um, it's two different things for me. Um, I think a philosophy could be encompassing a range of styles, whereas a style is actually more specific about all the different things you're going to be doing within that and the impacts of those those styles are having, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I think certainly looking at the coach, I mean, coach education pathway, certainly when I came from, I mean, I, I think I've, I consider myself quite fortunate having experienced some of, the old, some of the old pathway and then obviously some of the new pathway. Um, in that when I did my you know up to B license was before they kind of you know made any major changes brought in this whole England DNA stuff into place and all that where I guess from that point onwards 2015-16 onwards there was a massive shift in the coach education system and how the, how the courses have been delivered um, I think if you know 
I think in fact Sherlin I kind of I think I sat in on one on the mod two or the, the block two that you did. That was uh, on the youth mod. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Um. So obviously that was you know that that prior to because I think you'd already had your level two by then if I yes, remember right. Yeah. I think you yeah. were just doing it to fill in the blocks before you go and apply for your B license. Yeah. So that experience that you would have went through, and I think the massive that that experience would have been very much like what the old youth award would have been. Whereas now the whole course is kind of like that. So you've got level level one, two, three, and whatever whatever qualification you're doing is much more uh, coach centered rather than um, tutor, you know tutor led in that respect. Um, going through my you know when I got to A license, did my A license. It was one of the was, I think it might have been the first or second course um, that came out with, with the new kind of format where it was a bit more led by us as tutors and um, led by us as coaches rather um, and we were given a bit more uh, freedom to kind of express ourselves in different ways I think coming back to your initial thing Ben about saying you know what you were put under pressure to think about what your coaching style was I think what the old formats maybe gave us was a bit more structure um, in terms of maybe what kind of approaches we can take, but it was, you know, it was also very limiting at the same t- at the same time because if you didn't do it in a certain way, you wouldn't pass. Um, which is why I think there has been a massive shift in essentially people were going on the qualification, they were doing things the way they were told to do them on the course, but they probably weren't doing that back in their environments. Mm-hmm. Um, therefore, you probably weren't seeing, I guess, the level of development that you'd expect to see or hope to see from the coaches or even from players coming through because what coaches were doing when they would get back into their environments was very different um so i think actually having that question put to you as in what is your even now i've experienced it now when i'm asking coaches coming on my courses on a what what is your philosophy what some of them are looking at me like what the hell is the philosophy and i think it's very important from an early stage to identify within that well what you what what direction you're trying to go in with this are you, are you going down a pathway of trying to create a social environment, therefore that might impact your style of coaching. Are you trying to create an environment where you may be trying to push players to become more technical and, uh, I guess, push them into the elite end of the game or whatever that might be? And I think that's going to have a massive impact on that philosophy and style that you're talking about. So I mean, it'd be interesting to kind of, for each of you, kind of just to share 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 with your thoughts in terms of what your ultimate your your own coaching philosophies are and I guess I, what people you're I'll trying be, to hope to gain from I'll be, honest, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. When it, when you just you hit the nail in the head for me when you mention about culture you speak to now and when you say about ultimate that their philosophy they look at you like they haven't got a clue. Mm. I was at that stage. I was at that stage. Yeah. And when you know when you're speaking about the the youth mod two that you you sat in on that I took a couple of years yeah. ago. It was only after that doing that course where I actually started to think more about my philosophy as as, as a coach. Do, do you yeah. know what I mean? And a lot of that came from doing that course, uh, the tutors that were there uh, at, at the same time, and obviously having yourself there, that who I'd known, and you know working with the other coaches who were in sim- yeah. similar boat to me. But it also stemmed back to my working environment, whether that was at my school or at my grassroots club. It's it, To me, it was a whole mixture of everything. So my yeah. environment was a key thing. And I took the word environment away from me after doing that course. And that's what moulded my philosophy, the starting of it. And when I we were talking about two, three years down the line, we're, we're, here we are again, my philosophy has changed. And it's changed again because I'm going back to the environment. 
So for me, if a coach says, well, my philosophy is this and, and it's only going to be that, I can't relate to that because if you're just in that same place for at that same time and nothing's changed for you, then I don't see how you can share what your actual philosophy is of that current time. Because for me, philosophy changes. You have key elements in there, but mm. big thing for me when it comes to creating my own philosophy has always been about the environment. So it's something I, as I do as a coach each year, I revisit uh, the last thing that I wrote, whether added or taken away from my philosophy, and I see if anything's changed. If it hasn't changed, then that's my current status of what my actual full beliefs are. If the following yeah. year something's added to it, it doesn't mean to say that I take away with what I've learned before. It just means that my philosophy just gets bigger. But my main crux of it has always been about the, the environment. Am I, mm. am I creating the right environment for the players that I'm working with? And the environment has to consist of, you know, good things for all ages that I'm working with. It could be because I'm currently working with the foundation phase. Then there's a, there's a huge section where I'll be adding to my, my, my philosophy of this is important for me regarding the coaching, the, the foundation phase. Then it could change the following year if I'm working with olders. But the main crux is always about the environment for me. Yeah, like, um, like, yes, like you were saying, like, I, I was also, I've also experienced, like, the old format and the new format um, of these uh, coaching courses. So, like, uh, I've probably come uh, through, like, a whole sort of uh, round circle uh, with this whole thinking of the philosophy. Uh, my first kind of encounter with it was when I was doing, like, my master's. And then like, we were asked to do a task in it, and uh, we were asked to like write um, like a two thousand word uh, essay on our sign um, on our philosophy on our coaching philosophy, and I got <laughs> I got one of the lowest grades I've ever got in any assignment in my whole life. Like it was, it was something crazy, like twenty thirty percent. So then I went to go and sit. It's when I went to go and sit down uh, with my lecturer at the time then and talk to him about this uh, what what he was alluding to and what a lot of coaches that maybe have not explored this um, aspect of it would allude to is that when you ask them about their coaching philosophy they start talking about playing philosophy mm-hmm. and they're completely different things like completely different things because there's there's going to like we've already um, spoke about you're going to be in environments where you can't govern the playing philosophy so um what I've uh, gathered after like having that discussion, I'm doing it again. Is that and obviously just exploring it and reflecting on it as um, years have gone past. Is that uh, your coaching philosophy is built from the person that you are, is built from the experiences that you've had. It doesn't have to necessarily be um, only within uh, coaching. It, it can be. With, uh, it's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours, like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. It doesn't have to necessarily be uh, the experiences that you've had as a coach. It doesn't have to necessarily be the experiences you had as a player, as you as a person. Mm. So, like, um, for example, uh, for me, a lot of my coaching philosophy is actually governed by a math teacher that I had in, in secondary school. 
Is that Ahmed? Yeah. <laughs> 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 no, no, unfortunately, no, I haven't been blessed with Ahmed's feet. Uh, but um, uh, with uh, with her, I wasn't the I wasn't the biggest fan of uh, Mass itself. Uh, but because uh, of how much attention she gave me and how much I knew she was passionate about Mass, it kind of started to rub off on me. So uh, that's you more to this relationship then. No, 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 no. But I was just saying, like that's that's what kind of rubbed off yeah. on me. It's like, like I want to show uh, my passion of the game to these players, yeah, and want to show that I'm passionate about helping them. And uh, I feel like uh, with your coach philosophy, there's there's two main things that you can split into, which is non-negotiables and negotiables. Yeah. So the, the negotiables, obviously, like people have to be clever with this because. The negotiables, you have to understand that you're going to be in certain coaching environments where you may not, it may not align with your thing, but you, you will have to do it that way um, in order to maximise the players because you have to understand... The, it's the, it's like, interesting you say that. I mean, because when people say stuff like that to me, I always, I always think, well, should you even be in that environment then? If you don't believe in what that environment is asking you to do, why are you there? I think it's impossible for you to be in an environment where you completely... Uh, believe in absolutely everything that's going on there. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's that's fair. I'm not, yeah. I don't think you have to believe in everything, but because it's going to be there's going to be nuances. There's going to be certain things around what you're doing that's going to be, I guess, different. But ultimately, there's you're going to go someplace and and be like, you know, I, I really appreciate the structure of things here. There's, there's the, the backbone of everything that's happening here is something that I'm in fully agreement with. There might be certain subtle, subtle differences that you might think, oh, do you know, maybe I would do things differently on that perspective. But actually, the key bits are in line with your beliefs. And, you know, I guess this is where the challenge comes sometimes, you know, when, especially when you get coaches trying to go and step into maybe the academy environments, they're just looking for a job in the academy environment rather than identifying, actually, is this a club that I need to be at? I mean, I can, I, I can you know, think of a couple of clubs that I've, I've been exposed to in the past. I think to myself, I would never work here. I would never work. It's just not going to work because I don't believe in anything that you're doing. Yeah, but at the time, uh, yeah, you thought that was the right place for you to be. No, 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 no. I'm talking about clubs who I've just, I've come across and not even at the time, even now I'm looking like, not, not it's not on a club that I've worked in the past and then saying now I would never work. I've actually witnessed something. I could never even apply for a job at this club because I just don't believe anything you guys are doing is going to, is, is the right thing. And people could say, oh, well, uh, we'll at the end of the day, what you need to look at is how many players the club, the club producing. Okay, well, where are the players now? This is this is true, but going back to you know a couple of things that Ben just said, the negotiable and the non-negotiable. So what you're saying is 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 spot on. You've looked, you've been exposed to a few clubs, and you you said no, I'm, I, I couldn't work here. I couldn't even apply for it because that's not right for me. It goes back to what he's saying. You know, yeah. it, with philosophies, negotiable, non-negotiable. So, it also, you know, adds to right. This is not you're you're basically saying this is not the right environment for me. So, you're you're, you're what you're prepared to put up with or work with. It, if it reaches a certain level, then you're saying no, I'm I'm out of it. So, I also think that it's a good experience that when you get exposed to those things because it adds hundred percent because then it can kind of. Further solidify and clarify your own your own thoughts and beliefs on certain yeah, things that you do want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess one question. I'm not sure if you had anything you want us to add to that, but one thing kind of just did spark off in my head is actually how important is it to even have a playing philosophy? Because I personally don't have one. For me, can I just 
it's kind yeah, of go for what it. Ben was saying a bit in terms of negotiable, non-negotiable. Me, I know, I knew my philosophy of how I coach very, like, early. Like, I know I'm very good at giving direct, precise instructions. So that's more command. And then when I wanted to elaborate a bit more, I would do it with a lot of Q&A because I know that they can actually stretch, stretch their imagination and basically think outside the box, if that makes sense. But it was very command, but it'll be something very simple like, okay, now make a decision. So I'm basically commanding them. When you get to a situation like this, you have to make a decision, but then that decision is up to you, whether you pass, shoot, do a skip, yeah. change direction, change pace, whatever you want to do. But I'm telling you, at that moment, a decision has to be made because you're going to lose the possession. Is that actually command co- co- coaching? I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know it if it is. I, I mean, it could, it could be. But I think for me, if someone asked me what was my philosophy, my philosophy ultimately, I mean, and it's interesting because I've had this conversation with a few coaches in the past that kind of I've known from my early days in coaching. And when I first started coaching, I was like, yeah, boom. I am a command-style coach. I used to be very command. I used to tell my players what I wanted to see. They would do that, and that would be it. And then, I guess, it's interesting because, you know, I, was, I, was coach, well, I started coaching about 10 years ago, coached for a couple of years, um, and then I took a brief break out of coaching for about maybe 18 months or so. And I didn't do nothing within that time frame. But actually, when I, when I came back to coaching after that, I felt like I had to start again, and almost that command-style almost went with that. Um and I started then. I then I remember doing my mod three or uh, the old youth forward, um, and then preparing to do my B license. Actually, my mindset shifted completely. Where actually I was never telling my players what to do anymore. I was much more focused on actually I don't care about whether you are technical, because for me, it was about right. Can you make your decisions at the right time? Can you make good decisions under pressure? So now when people ask me what my my philosophy is, quite simple. I'm all about develop using it predominantly. Um, predominantly Q&A approach in order to support players in becoming better decision makers on the pitch? Uh, can I just add something to that? Right? I feel like in terms of the styles yeah, uh, that uh, one can use and whatnot, like we should always take into mind obviously the positives and negatives of all the styles itself mm. and, and whatnot. With command style, like um, Ahmed was uh, alluding to there, if you really, if you, if you want that information to hit home uh, fast and hard, and it's very, it's a very simple information that you just want this player to understand there and then. Command style is probably the best style there. Um, whereas, like, just so, just, like, just on that, Armin, it'll be interesting. Yeah. You were to, those, those, that example you were given. What environment would you use that in? Because, because uh, I'm from so a mind that. So, so, so basically, um, like, no disrespect to the standard of players that I was coaching at university level, but they, they. they they're at university, the football kind of dream didn't happen for them, so they filter into the university system. So the players, they're of a decent standard, but for me, ultimately, I realised early that decision-making is the be-all and end-all for me when it comes to football. I don't care who you are, how good you are, if you keep making the wrong decisions, you're never going to make it, and you're not going to be useful to a coach. You're going to find the standard, and you're going to stay there. So with me, it got to the point where it was like, okay, it's all about end product. You get into the final third of the pitch, yeah, when I was coaching the men's team, I need to see a cross, a pass, or a shot. If you try and do something other than that and you lose possession, I'm not going to be happy, basically. Right, but then... And then, uh, and then, as it developed a bit more and we was getting some results, this was 
on reflecting on how my experience went at university level, this was a big mistake that I made. I knew going into it, I needed to be like that. When you're here in this part of the pitch, you have to cross, shoot or pass. Do you understand? But then when we was doing well and the players were getting confident, I kind of gave them a bit more free scope. Okay, now if you feel like you can maybe play intricate one-two, maybe beat the player, so on and but, so forth. And see, then I realised we were conceding a lot more goals, not getting yeah. So it's kind of like, like for me, command was the be-all and end-all at the university standard. Whereas when I was coaching with anyone under the age of 15, it's just all about just developing Q&A, seeing what ideas they have, et cetera, et cetera. See, but, um, um, the challenge... Go Sorry, go on. go on, Ben, go on. No, no, I just want to ask uh, I mean, a question in terms of that because like, I've, like, I've also like coached uh, on university level as well. And um, my thing was that like, I, did t I did find myself, me and the coach I were working with, we found ourselves um, doing predominantly like command style at the, at the start because we were just trying to instill this sort of playing style. Mm. And obviously, you get you get a bunch of players that come from completely different places that have been coached in completely different yeah. ways and you're trying to align them all into one style. And uh, what we found is that, yeah, uh, it's kind of similar to you, that, yeah, we'll take, we'll take an L at the start, like losing... Because they're just like different people are trying to do different things, and it's completely different to the style that we're trying to instill. But then what we found is that as they started to get it, that's when uh, we could probably try and challenge them a bit more. So that we we then started to be uh, a bit more Q and A and whatnot, and uh, like demonstrating or like kind of doing the guided discovery stuff. But because they we've already instilled that sort of um, structure and foundation in terms of the playing style, they knew what sort of limitations they had in terms of the decision making that they could give because of the previous uh, command style period that they've gone past yeah. with us. No, that's exactly that's exactly how I was. It's like literally in my head, I wanted to give them the parameters that they had to work within, and mm. then as soon as I expanded them parameters to maybe include okay an intricate one two in the final third or a skill or so on and so forth instead of just being direct, I want a cross or a shot. Literally, that's how I was with them. Right, get this part of the pitch. Yeah, you cross the ball or you shoot. Literally, but do you not think it's more important in those moments? So I think this probably ties into what I was saying. I mean, I personally don't have a playing philosophy, so my thing is right. I'm not really bothered what you do as long as you understand why you've done it. So if you choose, in your, for instance, if I go down what you're saying, all right, there's going to be a certain moment we get to on the pitch where it needs to be a cross, a cross, a pass, or a shot at the end of it. I'm not thinking right. Okay. Rather than telling the players you have to make a decision, I'm probably going to be saying, right, I want you to tell me when do you think you're going to make a decision at this point in time? Yeah. I, at what stage in the process are you making a decision? And what are the considerations you're yeah. making when I you're making totally that decision? Agree. Um, I totally agree, but not with adults. I think even um, with adults. Yes. Not with yes, adults. my if, thing if, is... If the adults uh, want to develop, develop and just get better, then yeah, maybe. But when you're kind of at university football, you, all, the, all the lads, they want to win. So, <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, not entirely, I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, I've... I've I've worked at a few different university environments um, and I can tell you, for, uh, you know, similar, kind of similar to what Ben was saying in the sense that, you know, an initial start in maybe the first few weeks, I might set my structure in place and say, this is, this is, this is the type of thing I want to see, but this is, but also explain to the players, actually, it's going to be a lot of free reign here. I would just want us to get from point A to point B. That's it. I want us to score goals. I want us to win games, but actually how we do that is also 
it's not just going to be directed by myself, but actually, what do you feel is the right thing to do? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just kind of elaborating. Yeah. I was just kind yeah. of making my point. Like, this was just in the final third of the pitch. Everything up to then was, like, completely different. But oh, for me, for me, it's all across the pitch, final third or not. Um, um, yes, my thing my thing is this. Like, like, that's, it just goes back to what I said in terms of the, the positives and negatives of these coaching styles. Like, um, in, in reality, with university football, um, you'd be lucky to get, uh, like a two-hour session with the like the university team. You, well, you'd be lucky to even get the two-hour session with the players that are actually going to play yeah. on the Wednesday afternoon. So um, with that, you have to understand that, that with that sort of style. Or, uh, although I see, I I do agree with it in terms of um, that you're you're properly trying to align their thoughts with the way you're trying to uh, with the way you want them to play, uh, as opposed to just telling them uh, directly what it is. Is that you know that you don't have that enough time to be doing see, it when I, you have one session. You, you, you say that, but the thing that I feel like by telling the players what to do, if you're telling the players what to do and they're, the, they're not the ones that are going to be there on match day, then you're wasting your time. Can I tell you something? With, you can. With me, I specifically remember the turning point for my whole squad when they started to buy into me and believe in me and things got really, really good. Basically, I just went ultra command on them. When I mean ultra command, I'm talking F-bombs, C-bombs, every single swear word you can think of <laughs> in like a 30, 40 second, like, this is what I expect. No, 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 no. And so how much like, coaching was taking place? Uh, <laughs> after that, <laughs> like, literally, they all got the message. They all knew that they were there to back each other. They were shook. And, uh, <laughs> the eyebrows do look a bit scary at times, but it was like really, really like, very like, it was like the on the extreme spectrum of being command it was like really really authoritative the the lot and it's like like uh, Ben's saying it's like the advantage of that is you get your point across very quickly and there's no mincing of your words they understand exactly can, can I can done. I can I can I ask something just on, on that one I get where yourself and Ben are coming from and someone who's you know worked in the college academy which is quite uh, similar you know when it comes mm. to adult football I, I get what you guys are saying about how you needed to come across for these grown men to understand what was needed from them individually and as a team. But when you move it in today's world, would you continue that line of working or would you adapt to something different? Considering he'll do, how... do, do it via Skype or Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. When I say to... Uh... Uh, Mr. Mr. X in my math classroom. Oh, if you don't mind, can you stop talking, please? Have a guess what he starts doing. Mm, yeah. He carries on talking, and this is only a twelve-year-old. But doesn't that come back to come back to this whole thing? Is people, you know, people just in general love attention. So whatever you give them attention for, they're going to you know, seek it further. So if you ignore him in those moments where he's talking and you don't tell him off, but then if you're working with a group of men. And uh, I'll be honest with you, if, if, I was, if I was playing for a man that used to ignore me openly in front of my teammates in training, do you think that's going to get the best out of me? Or am I going to turn around and maybe walk off and go home? And no, but this is where it comes back to a part of your coaching philosophy. Part of your coaching philosophy, you might, you know, that might actually be some of the groundwork that you set. So, for instance, some of the groundwork you set right up to look, these are some of the behaviors that you're not going to accept in this environment. So, uh, some coaches go to the extent of, Saying right, one person's talking at a time. You can't talk if someone else is talking. But actually, for me, that's not a big thing. If, if I feel like it's an important thing someone's saying, then I say, all right, can I get everyone's attention? Yeah, Do you understand? But, so in those moments, coaching. there, that's uh, coaching. 
It's like it's sorry. Just, oh, it's cool. like you know when you got a kid that just gives you a totally wrong answer. You're not gonna say, "Oh, that's garbage." You know, go back to sleep. You're gonna be like, "Thank you for your input." You know, but any other ideas? But do you know, what? I wouldn't even do that. I would, I, I would personally question. Right? Okay, you've given me that answer. Where has that come from? I want to know where it's come from. But, but yes, yes, you have an hour lesson. You have an hour lesson and twenty nine kids. <laughs> So like that's that's what I'm saying. Like the practicality sometimes yeah. you have to if, if, you have to understand that like, like, yeah the environment yeah. yeah. But, but, I said, but I said even within that hour lesson, it's not. But that's 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 why we get for instance maths teacher. Yeah, that's why we get them to do working out so we can understand their process, right? Yeah, it, yes. I, listen, I'm 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 not a teacher, you know, regards anything. But I think about it. What exactly what Ben just said? You've got an an hour lesson with each class and each class is different and you could have up to 20 to 30 kids in one class and sometimes the pressures from above whether it's in education or football or any line of work you've got that time frame to get what you've planned into mm. that lesson and then sometimes you don't have that that humane capacity to deal with all those kids in one class because they're all individuals so, you know, the same thing when it comes to football and coaching. If there's yourself and another coach there with a squad of up to 15 to, to 20, it's, it's, it's different mentalities that you're working with. So if you get them every other day, then, yeah, you've got a chance to build certain things. If you're getting them once or twice a week, you're kind of under pressure to deliver what's being asked of you. And then to have four or five of them disrupting that it's, it's kind of a, a, a big challenge. I think right. we all agreed on that, actually. Like, we've come to some type of conclusion. Like, environment is, uh, is very, very important. Uh, yeah, I'll, say, I'll say yes and no, because I feel like, I feel like, like, like I said, like the limitations can, you know, drive the creativity that you have as a coach. Yeah, most definitely. So, like, I feel, I feel like within such uh, limitations like that, the, um, and this is what I've done in the past and this is what we do like in my current environment is that we actually have um, a group of primary players within that um, particular session that you will focus on and uh, like obviously the, the, those groups of primary players change each session and it will obviously be based on the topic that you're doing so for example if we're doing like I don't know attacking the wide areas obviously it's going to be your fullbacks it's going to be your wingers um, the strikers and the, and the centre mids that support them and centre backs that support them, that will be like the the main crop of it that will uh, that will predominantly be focused on. But so like I've always feel like um, you know within such uh, limitations, that's the best way I've kind of gone across it. Like that you have these primary players. Of course, you manage the other players, and uh, obviously if they if they are if they need to be told about things uh, that are, you know new to the playing philosophy, then you should do so. But like you know that you're going into the session, and then you want to affect these main groups of players uh, fully. Like if if anyone's going to take anything from this, you want these main groups of players to take, and then obviously the next session it changes. Ben, Ben, and Ahmed, just so uh, yes, yeah, so just a quick one. Would it have helped if you had another coach or a couple of coaches with you, so you could have sectioned the group yeah. out? You think yeah, you think your way of handling things would have been different then? Yeah. yeah so, oh no, 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 no. So I'm talking as me as an individual. Yeah. So like me as a uh, as in, like, uh, for, if I say, for example, we have, like, 13 players that we're training today, I will take six players that I'll focus on, the other coach will take Yeah, seven. I understand. Can yeah. I just ask you, Vinod, then, ben, yeah. how would you go about deciding who's going to be taken out and for what? So, for instance, let's say you, 
you had another coach because this is another challenge I see a lot of coaches having. I think for me, it was about yeah. four years ago where I really understood and appreciated the importance of working with another coach and how to go about doing that because there's ways you can do it and there's ways you can't do it. So Otis, ultimately, I mean, there's been times where I've got coaches and I'm observing coaches where quite often what you see is one coach is working, the other coach is just standing aside, just watching and they're not being utilised. And for me, it's such a waste of a resource because you yeah, got an extra um, body there, I, you know what I mean? Yeah, I I hate it. I hate it when I see that anyway. Um, from, that's the thing, guys. I feel like the thing that kind of opened my mind a bit more in terms of coaches working together is uh, on my UFA as well. Mm. And it's something that I would recommend every coach to do. Yeah. It, it, this, I mean, um, you're saying you've, you've yeah. recognised on your UFA and isn't that too late? Yeah, you say you say that, but then like, when when do we ever have like in, a, in the structure sort of learning... Um, structure that we have in the FA to, you know, actually acknowledge that. Well, I mean, bear in mind, bear in mind that majority of my core coaching qualifications were done under the old format, which is which is and fine. But even happened. even within that, yeah. did you not have times where you were working alongside another coach to deliver a session? Yeah, I did, and there were certain ways that I'll do it. But then there was also times where you're in the upper end, where you're the you're the secondary uh, coach in it, and mm. you know you've been you've been treated a, a certain way. Like I knew, I knew what I'd done when I was I was leading. Where whereas it was a partnership, not like me dictating and then just coaching, just uh, picking up the cones and dropping the cones. Sure, not not, not everyone. No, but like, but like, not not everyone's the same like that. Isn't it? But it's see? interesting. I mean, do you, do you, do you, I mean, it's a question for all of you guys. I guess do you guys feel that maybe there should be more emphasis and I guess um, on effective in how effective coaching with with a co coach. From the early stages of coach education pathway, like if you, you know looking at even level one, maybe in level two, because really level one, a lot of coaches level one are probably going to go in and be assistants. True. You know, do you think that you think that you think that maybe there should be a shift there somewhere, or some sort of insight on how to work with another coach from that from that level? I think, yeah, I think that should be. I don't think it should be a main focus. I think it should be. No, I no. Think it should be added into the educational courses as much as it can, but not in a sense where it's forced upon you. Because remember, at the same time, as much as we're trying to uh, adapt to different scenarios, mm. we are there on courses for ourselves first and foremost. But at the same time, there's got to be some type of impl- implementation of making the best of your resources. So I want to actually say outright, it's about how you work with another coach. Another coach is another resource. You know, in yes. regards to anything else, so it's making a use of what resources you have or do not have. Yeah, and I give a prime okay. example where I, when I was doing my B, I wanted someone to observe me on a regular basis. Now, you know, you, you have your free in situ visits, which were great and they were brilliant. But what I tended to do was get another coach from the club just to watch me, and it also mm. just goes down to. You as a coach, are you prepared for someone to give you uh, feedback for you to take forward? It doesn't have to be always be positive. Again, it's about your adaptability because some coaches, when they go into getting their badges, they want to be the next pet. They want to be the next clop horse. Why not be the best of yourself? And the only way you can become the best of yourself is by working with others. And whether you know whether they do something in different ways, try and take the most positive out of it. That's that's how I see it. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go on, Ben. Uh, no, no, I just wanted to uh, go on to my point. Like, so when I was on the A-Man, uh, there was one thing that um, that kind of like sprung out to me. And 
uh, Shannon's kind of talking about it as well in terms of no, you have to kind of find out about yourself. So like we we were made to do like some personality tests uh, where you get like the four letter combination or something, and then like it, it will generate like some sort uh, some writing uh, in regards to you know your personality. And like, like a disc assessment. Was so, it a disc assessment? No, no, uh, MBTI. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Myers Briggs test or something. Okay. And uh, uh, funny enough, there's uh, there's a couple now. There's a couple of cat one sides that not that is the be or end of, but they're using it in their considerations when they're employing the coach because they already know, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. age group that coach is going to be working with, and they 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 say that they try to actively make sure that it's not uh, coaches of similar personalities so that the players are exposed to. You know, different sort of personalities yeah. that are coaching yeah. because you know that's the that's the world that they will get into. <laughs> I can't say eventually. that. I can't say that. <laughs> what? I was gonna say I normally get let down for jobs on the color of my skin, not my personality. that's an interesting talking, but we can talk about that on another on, a, on another on another day. That's, that's definitely uh, another one. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah, talk about that. But um, you know, just just for those that don't know what the Myers-Briggs test actually is. It's, you know, it's, it's essentially it's a psychometric test, which, um, yeah, just sums up some of your characteristics and obviously allows people to understand maybe what some of your tendencies might be. Um, so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of people are starting to use these sorts of psychometric tests, whether it be the Briggs test, whether it be the disc assessment or other sorts of, um, I guess, assessment tools. So basically pick up on maybe some of the characteristics of different individuals before they actually employ them. So it's become quite common, but... Um, I just has want to anyone, kind of round. Has anyone in here actually employed coaches and like what do they look for? Yeah, I have. What do you, yeah, what, what do you look for? I mean, it, uh, for ultimately, for me, it's someone who's who's willing to is willing to take on board information. Because um, if why you're expecting them not to be, you know, no. But if, if someone's stuck in their own ways, then you're never going to move past that. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm all about people bringing what they want to the table but also understanding there's a way of working in this particular environment um this is the way that we want to work so but i think for me it's highlighting what are you what are your strengths i'm not really worried about much more about like, what are your strengths and are you willing to take on board information for me personally attitude is very important for you 110 percent. because the thing is if, if you're not willing to have that 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 mentality then we're going to be stuck you can find me on uh twitter or instagram at focus bxn that's F-O-C-S-D-X-N. We're going to be stuck at some point. We're not going to be able to move forward. And that, that will come to a point where actually, if you haven't got that mentality, I'm going to have to find someone else who can do it in a way that it's going to work now, rather than work with you and use your experience to help get us to that next point, but also taking on board new information, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah. I think there's a lot of coaches out there in particular that have got very closed minds and, you know, it's interesting because even you know go meeting coaches at different stages in their development, whether that be level one, two, three, or whatever coach, whatever level they're at, you know, it's always interesting when I when I meet coaches who are very set in their ways. Because um, I'm quite inquisitive, I like to ask a lot of questions, and sometimes I find myself asking questions a bit. And some coaches not being able to justify why they're saying what they're saying or doing things in the way they're doing it, other than saying, "Well, that's how it's done, isn't it?" Or "That's how I've, that's how I've always done it." But that's not good enough because if you don't actually know the underlying reasons as to why you're doing it, then why are you doing it? Um, 
So, I mean, that, yeah, for, I guess from a brief recruitment pers- perspective, it's always, for me, it's about have you got that learning mindset? Do you want to learn more? Are you willing to take on board new information and be able to run with that? Yeah, um, I, I'd, I'd add on that. For me, just one word, being adaptable. Yeah. That's it. It kind of, just, it kind of ties in really because you see, being you know, that is essentially you're being adaptable to the environment you're yeah. in. So you're becoming, you actually taking on board new information, um, and not ne- not negating and not just dis- disregarding. Actually, this is going to have an impact on how I need to now do things. Um, but yeah, look, I just want to round things up. Just you know, I think it's been another another good conversation. Um, just a couple ideas of the sort of things that we want to kind of maybe talk about in on the next convers on the next discussion and, and beyond that. Um. But again, thank you guys. Uh, if you guys just want to kind of just let everyone know where they can find you, if they want to get in touch. Whoever wants to start would be great. Oh, um, yeah. Uh... Yep, you can find me on Instagram. That's bellofigo78, B-E-L-L-O-F-I-G-O-7-8. Um, Tell us your Twitter though, man. I knew, yeah, I knew this is why I came last. And you can find me on my Twitter handle, the original. It's Sherlinator60. That's S-H-E-R-L-E-N-A-T-O-R-1-6. Sherlinator16. Yeah, you, you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at secondbest Oh, That's 2-N-D-Best-2-2. And finally, guys, um, I'm Yes. You can find me on Instagram at the Coaches Network or on Twitter at the Coaches Net. Um, it's been a great discussion today. I look forward to uh, look forward to the next one. Have a great week. Take care. Well, I want to thank everyone for tuning into another edition of the Coaches Network podcast. I've no doubt you've enjoyed it as much as we have. Now that you've got a way to contact all the guys, we look forward to seeing some comments and questions around today's show. And don't forget, head over to the platform that you found this edition on and leave us a five-star review and let everybody know how awesome the show is. We read all comments, good or bad, so leave that comment for us and take care, everyone. Until next time. The Coaches Network, bringing the game together. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.